Welcome to Stuff My Therapist Says, powered by Macon Wellness. I'm your host, Sarah Macon, and I'm glad you've taken the first step to healing and becoming happy again by listening to our podcast. Together with my exceptional Megan Wellness team, as well as other reputable authors, leaders, and mental health professionals, we'll be shedding light on key aspects of mental health and providing actionable tips, strategies, and advice to making healing a reality in your life. With each new breakthrough, we do our part to eradicate the stigmas surrounding mental health, and each episode of this podcast is built to help you overcome the obstacles impacting your life today. Let's begin. Welcome back to Stuff My Therapist Says. I am your host, Sarah Macon, and today we have a very special guest, Mira Vishista. Mira, thank you for joining us today. I'm so happy to be here, Sarah. It's great to be chatting. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to connect with you. We're going to talk about workplace mental health. Starting out, Mira, can you please share what is workplace mental health? So workplace mental health refers to an employee's psychological, emotional, and social well-being within their workplace. So, you know, our mental well-being in the workplace, I think when it's positive, it can really contribute to job satisfaction, to our productivity, to our purpose. But I think also from a business perspective, it can really help with things like engagement, retention, and loyalty of, of an employee. In a similar vein, I think workplace mental health can also focus on some of the negative aspects. So we've all heard about burnout and stress and anxiety. And so that kind of all is encompassed in, in workplace mental health. So why is this important? So I didn't know this prior to, you know, doing some research, but Almost more than 160 million people make up our workforce in the U.S., Sarah, which is wild. And so really what that tells me is that the average full-time employee spends approximately half of their waking life at work. So given that, obviously, we want to make sure that our work environments shape a positive, healthy, and safe work environment, because when, when they don't, I think that that can really affect our overall well-being. Yeah, definitely can. If you're spending half of your life working, it's really important to be working somewhere. They do prioritize mental health and you can work somewhere where you are not experiencing chronic anxiety and stress and burnout. So what does the research show? So the APA actually came out in 2022 with their work and well-being survey, and it showed that 81%, super high, but 81% of individuals said that, you know, they would look for workplaces um, and, and companies that supported mental health when they sought out future job opportunities. So given this insight, I think it's really important that employers take mental health into consideration, especially um, as a way to recruit and then retain their talent. Outside of the APA, the World Health Organization also They've had some studies and, and they have stats that show that 12 billion working days are lost every year to depression and anxiety alone. So the cost of ignoring employee mental health, according to the WHO, is recorded or reported to be around like $225 billion a year. And when I read that, I kind of was like, oh, wow. So it costs more money to ignore employee mental health and well-being. And I think that's 
really why, um, or, or that's very much supported by the research. Wow. I mean, that's a big impact. So what workplace policies negatively impact mental health? So I think there's a few policies that, that can really impact employee well-being and that workplace mental health. So I think one is like poor communication and poor management practices. This can really lead to strained relationships and increase that workplace stress that I think oftentimes people also bring home. In a similar vein, I think that there's also a low level of or when there is a low level of support for employees. So for example, um, inadequate training, excessive workload, which you know, I think most folks know can lead to burnout, um, lack of sharing resources with new employees. I think those are all kind of poor policies that contribute or exacerbate poor workplace mental health. So what can employers do to better support the mental health of their employees? I think it's really important to think about the type of company or corporation or workplace when when we tackle this answer. So I think from that like traditional, for lack of a better word, like the traditional white collar job, I think that offering flexible and remote working hours is something that can really help to contribute to employee well-being, fostering a culture where time off is respected. Um, and I think that can also go for some, you know, trade work as well. Um, I think that can really help enabling that adequate rest when you are off and, and really honoring that. I think it's really important. When it comes to insurance, I mean, so many folks, I think most folks get their insurance through their employer. And so offering robust mental health care when it comes to your insurance, I think is super key. Taking it a step further, offering substance misuse coverage, I think is really huge. I think training managers to support their employees' mental health like at a higher level is, is key. And then collecting feedback on how to improve the workplace culture, right? I think if you collect and solicit feedback from your employees, you, I'm sure, can get a really great barometer of how people are feeling. I think when it comes to maybe um, trade work, because I think it's, it's often very easy for folks to say, like, well, like, offer more flexible remote work, right? And that doesn't apply to everybody. Not everybody is in a job where they can do their work yeah. remotely. So I think it's ensuring that there's adequate training for, for skilled work, making sure that safety requirements are in place. So making sure that, you know, with having safety requirements in place that industrial and trade workers can be and work in a location that is safe and that it's free from health hazards, and then sick pay, right? I think that in the pandemic, we we heard of all of the frontline workers who it was really hard for them to even take that that sick leave. And so ensuring that practices and policies and benefits like that in, are in place, I think is key. Especially with jobs that require you to be thinking for a living, to be able to have good benefits and be able to take time off is very important. Because you need to give your brain a rest, just like an athlete can't work out seven days a week, like they work out a couple days a week and then they rest for their muscles to heal for us, for a lot of people and majority of our audience, most of us have jobs where we think we're living or we mm -hmm. need our brain for what we do. So it's super important. And I loved what you mentioned about getting employee feedback because there are so many times that I learned so much like from our team as a result of the surveys that we administer and doing different things. 
sometimes there's benefits or things that, you know, the team wants and I have no clue until we do it. And then I'm shocked. I'm like, I didn't even know, like you even wanted this, or I didn't know that this was an issue or, and so whenever you contribute and everyone works together as a team, you can really help to make your workplace a healthier place to work and like sharing your feedback is very important. Like being very transparent when you answer those kinds of surveys whenever your team sends them to you is super, super important. And hopefully you're working somewhere where the culture does encourage transparency so you can feel safe to do that. Yeah, I was just going to say, Sarah, like I, I, I love that you kind of honed in on that. And I think when we think about like employee surveys and feedback, the beauty of a lot of those tools is that there's anonymity, right? I think a lot of times it can be really hard for employees to come to a manager or to a boss or, you know, to the org in general and submit or express concern or feedback or talk about their burnout. But I think when you kind of have this more formalized process of like, submit your feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Having that option to remain anonymous, I think fosters and breeds an environment where someone might feel a little bit safer to, to voice that concern. I think that's a huge and important piece. It definitely is. So Mira, you have taught me so much about workplace mental health. Do you have any final words of wisdom for our audience? The thing that I keep thinking about is normalizing vulnerability. I think that when we think about our places of employment, oftentimes that feeling of vulnerability kind of goes out the door, right? I think we save therapy and spaces like that for where we can be vulnerable. But I think that if employers can normalize that vulnerability a little bit, it breeds and fosters like an environment and a culture where, you know, employees might feel safer to come to their manager when they're dealing with stress or burnout and can express that, right? If we are okay with vulnerability and normalize it, I think we create language and and reduce that stigma. And so that's just kind of what was ringing through my mind. And I kind of wanted to just offer that up. Yeah. Vulnerability is so important and sharing what you're going through and getting support is key because your manager, unfortunately, can't read your mind unless your manager is psychic, which technically mind reading is a cognitive (laughs) distortion. (laughs) So (laughs) just throwing that out there. Yeah. Like sharing whenever you're struggling is so important because like too, like from like the managerial side of things, if I have a team, like sometimes I can, I can notice through their behaviors or through Mm -hmm. their tone, or maybe they normally get dressed up all the time and they stop or, you know, or if they're chronically late, they're never late. Like sometimes I can tell and I'll have a conversation, but sometimes if someone's struggling and especially if they're like a high functioning person, they're very good at making it look like everything is fine and that everything is okay. And so getting to a place where, I mean, you don't necessarily need to share every detail of your life with your manager, but like letting them know Mm -hmm. if you are starting to feel burned out or if you're struggling with something, most managers want to truly help you. Some managers are just absolutely terrible and terrible people and they're in a management position because they like power or controlling people. It's not the majority of managers though. Most managers want to help you. And so by sharing that, you know, they can help you. Maybe they can connect you with 
HR to get access to the EAP or maybe they can help to adjust your workload to see like what parts of what you're doing are very stressful. There are options and there are solutions. So speaking and advocating for yourself is so important. I really loved everything that you've shared, Mira. You are so smart and I'm always learning from you. So I just wanted to say thank you. And I know our audience is going to love this episode. So thank you, Mira. Thank you, Sarah. It's always such a pleasure to chat. Wonderful. Feeling is mutual. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Stuff My Therapist Says, powered by Macon Wellness. If our conversation brought new insights and perspectives into your life, please do not hesitate to share this episode with one person in your circle who will gain positive energy from it as well. Remember, the stigmas of mental health are a thing of the past. If you're ready to take the next step to heal and become happy again, find us at Make and Wellness on your favorite social media networks or reach out to our highly rated Make and Wellness team by dialing 833-274-HEAL. Or you can schedule an appointment on our website at makeinwellness.com. Until we meet again, this is Sarah Macon reminding you that healing happens here. At Macon Wellness, our priority is helping you heal and become happy again. We make it easy for you to connect with our exceptional team of therapists right from the comfort and privacy of your device. Not only is this approach more accessible, but it also comes at a much lower cost compared to traditional in-person counseling. We believe no one deserves to suffer in silence and encourage you to work through your challenges so you can live life to the fullest. Call 833-274-HEAL or visit makeandwellness.com to get started with online therapy.